are listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. September 2022 and you are listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. How are you? Um, this is Matt Phillips here in case you just listen to the voice and creator of OneCheckLive.com and if you are listening to the podcast and thanks very much um, it does go out live which is why you're gonna hear reference to lots of things happening on the screen tonight. Um, if you do want to join us live and all you got to do is come along to YouTube the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. And we've done that for the last 115 weeks without fail, pretty much. Um, and now this is episode 116. Um, and to those of you who do join us live, then um, if you want to ask a question direct to the guest, then you can do so. And I can bring your message up onto the screen and we get to see your YouTube logo. Um, so it's a great way of networking, hanging out with fellow therapists, etc., etc. Um, I'm just going to wait to see if a few people do come to the live lounge now or I don't like starting until I do see at least a few hellos. Um, what it is tonight, because it's the first of the month, as I've kind of said on social media, what we're doing the first of every month, we're having a have your say episode. Um, and that is where basically we have a chance for you guys to join us live or send in emails. And we talk about the last month's episode. So last month was all about focus on the knee. So we might have a little mention of that tonight and answer any questions you might have. How you, if you enjoyed it, if you wish we'd had something else, if you liked what you liked of it, what you didn't like so much. And we're also going to talk tonight. Uh, we got it's a special session for therapy expo, which um, is happening in Birmingham. Um, which I'm sure a lot of you know about. If you don't, um, then it's a it's a great convention, which I think is on year. Oh, you think I would have had that written down? I'm going to take a gamble and say it's the. Hold your fingers up, Liam. How many years is it? Seven, eight, ten. Of course it is. It's the tenth um, uh, time it's been on, um, and it's in Birmingham. It's moved around the country, but now it's in Birmingham for the last eight, I think. Um, and it's for us in particular for the STA, it's a great time um, to meet up because we have our own dedicated STA theatre and event stand. And it's a real great networking um, event. You don't have to hang out just with us, obviously. We recommend you do. We're the Cool Cats. But it's a huge, massive um, event in the NEC. And it's a great. I mean, it's particularly, um, particularly good, I think, these days because face to face is kind of becoming a thing of the past a little bit, isn't it? And, and it reminds you all. That's what we found last year. It reminds you all the value of actually being able to see someone in the flesh, whether it's each other, fellow therapists, or whether it's your favorite speakers and educators, because it's it's just great. It's something we don't want to lose. So we're going to be talking, we've got the good fortune of having Liam Richardson in the house, who's the content manager um, for Therapy Expert. So we're really looking forward to listening to Liam about how he found last year and what it's going to be like this year. We're also going to have a little chat later on about topical things. So I think I put into the um, advertisement, we're going to talk about acupuncture and dry needling. Um, because it's been very much in the news recently with um, certain elite athletes saying that they punctured, well, revealing that they had their, their lung punctured and that they were tiring early uh, because of an ill-placed needle. And that's cast a bit of a shadow on what was already a profession, I could say, with a little bit of a shadow. So we'll be talking about that anyway as well. And any other news uh, to do with sports therapy and sports massage therapy. That's it. Right. I'm happy now. People are coming into the house. So welcome those of you who have joined us live. Thanks so much. Thanks for giving up your time. I'm just going to bring a few messages up on the screen. You can't see these listening to the podcast, but Becky Carroll is in the house. Hey, Becky, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Lindsay Penn is here as well. Hi, Lindsay. Ivan Ward says, hello, Matt. Thank you very much. Hello, Ivan. How are you? Um, 
who else we got glenn murphy hi how are you doing claire walker is here good they're all flocking in now hi everyone looking forward to therapy expo says Catherine reimer and um Catherine and becky has said to Catherine reimer booking a hotel tonight it was so nice for example last year was great because it was post-covid wasn't it but it's so nice meeting um you including becky and Catherine and other people um and glenn because it's just it's so nice to meet people face to face these days i can't say it many times um but anyway so there we go so that's what's in store for you tonight um just to remind you before i do bring our guests up um last month was focus on the knee we do kind of i've done two months now body parts to kind of keep people knowing what's coming up so it was all about the knee we had uh, the fantastic angela jackson talking about the adolescent knee these are all available on youtube if you want to watch the video or you can go to the sta.co.uk where we've got the video up there as well as well as on the show notes or if you prefer listening then you can download the podcast on all popular podcast apps including spotify so we had um like i say the adolescent knee with angela jackson and details of the courses she provides totally recommended obviously it's my bias but i recommend you check them out it might not be the one that suits your career but it's definitely worth checking out and um, we followed that two weeks ago with the equally fantastic claire robertson known on social media as claire patella that was focusing on patellofemoral pain and fat pad syndrome really great i mean such a good educator really makes the complex simple that's something that was repeatedly said both during the show and in feedback um, so a great episode for you to check out as well and also details of claire's um, courses which you might be interested in and then last week was fantastic. I'm glad people enjoyed it. And thank you for the email she sent me. If you want to comment on anything, it's Matt at the STA.co.uk. That was with Jonathan Bell, who is a surgeon on knees, somebody who we think is just sitting in some big lounge for gentlemen somewhere smoking a pipe and not talking to anyone else. Couldn't be further from the truth. And Jonathan Bell showed that as a surgeon, he is equally um feels equally responsible for making sure that unnecessary surgery doesn't happen. Uh, that takes a multidisciplinary approach so people are talking to each other. Um, and it's a great episode. We focus particularly on arthroscopy um, and how the view on that has changed with relation to osteoarthritis and meniscal tears. And again, it's a fantastic episode, really, again, making the complex sound simple, which is what all my guests um, seem to have a knack of doing. It's funny that. So there we go. So they're all there. If you want to watch them, check them out. Like I say, it's free CPD. I mean, it's great. Please don't ask me what CBD I should do until you've listened to 150 episodes of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Simple as that. Right, and tonight is Happy of Say. So I've left them down there. We've got a few people coming up. We'll have people popping in. People will be coming and going. But the most important thing is, if you've joined his life in particular, fire away with questions. Jump in there. Our guests are welcome to have a look at the um, the chat going on and just direct our attention to anything that gets answered, which is relevant. Um, so do please make this Happy of Say. And if you listen to podcasts and it creates any questions and feel free again to email matt at the sta.co.uk and i'll make sure they are answered either live or personally or directed towards the person who can most help you right that's it for the now let me get rid of that artwork um let's hide that and we shall bring up who have we got with us tonight let's just get rid of becky's comment for the moment i'm sure there'll be more there coming up so in no particular order we've got gary benson founder of the sta joining us we got Liam Richardson, content manager for Therapy Expo. Pole, pole. Um, and also down here waiting patiently, we got the wonderful Dr. Fiona Higgs, um, host, co-host of the Women in Sports Therapy podcast. Um, bringing Fiona up now. There we go. Hey, people, how are you doing? Good evening. Oh, I just thought then suddenly there's no volume for any of you. That's why. <laughs> um i don't want to be massive that's better i don't want to be huge taking over the screen right thanks for joining us all particularly no i shouldn't say i can say particularly particularly you liam thank you everybody but particularly you liam because i know you're oh, busy thank you very much. thanks for having me um, it's great to see you again we were just saying off air that it, 
it must be about a year because the, the expo was yeah. about a year ago or just four years ago so so yeah. time has flown oh, hasn't it yeah <laughs> and uh fiona how are you busy day oh busy yeah not too bad someone actually I, I went to halfords to get some side lights replaced on my car and someone uh, drove into the side of my car so it's eventful oh my god oh i'm sorry about that doesn't too bad Oh, it's probably somebody who's busted or broken their little toes or big toes and shouldn't be driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are you going? How's your toes? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you haven't heard or seen it on BBC, then Gary has managed to break his two of his toes. Um, um, so um, the cough seems better, but you're in agony, I guess, in the lower department now. I'm sorry to hear that, Gary. Uh, thank you for your sympathy, Matt. <laughs> Oh, hold on, I've got a can of man up here. No, I'll leave that. <laughs> anyway, so, right, so we are here. Let's start off then. It's Therapy Expo. We were all at Therapy Expo, obviously, last year. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic to get a chance to to meet you there, Fiona. It was lovely. First time we've met. I love a woman that I look up to. Um, And it was a great event, wasn't it? Liam, did it go? It was your first year organising it, was or being content manager for it. It was, yeah. So when when I was on this last year, it was um, a little bit nervous, to be honest, because I had no idea um, what to expect. And obviously, I think we talked, I mean, you mentioned it as well. We It was the first year after the pandemic and, you know, is face-to-face dead or, you know, what, you know, that was the sort of question, wasn't it? And um, thankfully, it went, um, it went really well. A lot better than I expected. Good thing I'm still here. I'm still in a job, so it can't have hopefully gone too badly. Um, and yeah, we're, our aim now is now that we've had a year of being able to, you know, see exactly what was happening, what worked, what maybe didn't work, um, draw up more plans for this year and look to build on it, really. So, uh, yeah, that's been what's been going on for the last sort of 12 months since the last time. Fantastic. Very exciting. And for those of you listening to the podcast, if you're not aware of it, just to repeat, it's uh, November the 23rd, which is the Wednesday. Yeah. And November the 24th, the Thursday at the Birmingham NEC. Um, yeah. Gary, went well last year, didn't it? Yeah, it was re- really well. And, and as we mentioned off air, it's well, you mentioned it earlier, 10th year. We did we went to two at Manchester, then we've been at, at the NEC every year so far. And and Liam and I spoke before last year's event and, uh, and I said that I was really worried about um, the, the sort of prevalence of online cpd provision at the moment and wasn't really sure whether you know we'd get those numbers and, and i don't know what the official numbers were but yeah we were we were busy both days um there was a a feeling of everybody wanted to get out there and and therapy expo had some measures in place where you had to show your, your covid passport and you know i started off in a mask um and but everybody was respectful of social distancing and uh, yeah it was a really good event really enjoyed it yeah fiona was it your first time up there i can't remember um, I, don't think, I think I'd been to one before that, I have a feeling, but I've been to quite a few different events at the NEC and they do sort of start to become quite difficult to, because you meet the same people. But I think I'm sure I've been to a therapy expo prior to COVID. I'm certain of it. Um, but yeah, I may be wrong now. <laughs> Last year there was a buzz, wasn't it? Because it was so nice to meet people who we'd talked to for like, I don't know, 78 weeks or something or 58 weeks, whatever it was. And it was lovely yeah. to meet you and everybody. I'm wondering, Liam, what do you think? Is is Does that make it a bit tricky this year to keep it as dynamic as it was last year now that people have had a chance to see each other face to face? Or do you think there's still going to be a little buzz of, oh, wow, a live event? 
from from what I've seen, there is still. I mean, last year it was. I think it was twofold. You had on the one hand, you had people that were quite nervous, and mm. then you had the people that were sort of itching to get out there because they were, you know, fed up of just be, you know staring at the same four walls um, for the last year. So I think, um, you, you know, from what from the people I talk to, everyone seems as excited as last year um, in terms of how we're doing in terms of you know, registrations in terms of speakers, etc. We've got more at this stage than we had the previous year. So, yeah, I think I think last year, you know, like we said, that was that big question of if face-to-face is, is dead or not. And I think actually people found the real value in it. And I think what we've seen across the board at Closer Still, and, you know, because obviously we do events not just in this area, but across the whole of healthcare, is that, um, you know, people are more selective. They're probably a lot more picky about what they do go to, but they do want to make sure they go to at least one or two things in a year, particularly where, you know, CPD is involved. And is there anything that you think people who are listening, for example, the podcast should know if they're umming and ahhing? What have you got in store? I mean, I think it's a very healthy looking program. There's there's such Mm. a wonderful variety of speakers. I think that stands out always. You get an amazing choice. Um, which is, is there anything else in particular you'd like to kind of well, mention? I think for, um, you know, I, you know, when I started, some of the feedback I had, you know, I know from talking to people like Gary as well was, you know, people wanted it to be dynamic and there were obviously certain speakers they wanted to hear from on a regular basis, but they also wanted lots of new speakers as well and not just to hear from, you know, the sort of same old people. So one of the main things we did, this year and Gary is a part of a part of the group is to have an advisory board you know people from across um you know the industry uh, lots of different voices so there's a whole you know whole range of people um that are on that group uh, from different backgrounds as well just to give some give us some advice on um you know interesting speakers speakers that we might not have ever heard from before or had on the program and so we've met several times over the year, all virtually, of course, just to, um, you know, try and put the programme together. So, yeah, Gary has been involved in that and come up with some uh, good suggestions and helped me out a bit as well. So it's, yeah, I think that's the, you know, that's the big change that we're trying to, you know, be better connected um, than we were previously. Um, in terms of a few other changes, we've got um, some business advice clinics that we're running. So we did that on a small scale last year, but we're sort of uh, ramping that up. Um, we've got a hands-on hub as well that we're working on with people like Anna Maria Mazzieri. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so she's doing some work. And I think she's speaking in the therapy update theatre with you guys as well, mm-hmm. potentially, I think. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, uh, and obviously you guys have got your, you know, the properly branded therapy update theatre this year, which is uh, the SDAs. So, yeah, there's a few a few new things we've got going on. So, yeah, it's it's coming together pretty well. It all sounds great on paper. Gary, are you happy with what looks to be a great event this year? Anything I'm hoping he's going to say yes, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> no um, I mean, from, from experience that, you know, as Liam mentioned, we've been part of an advisory group where we, we, we've met remotely and, and there's probably about 10 or 12 of us have been discussing content, discussing direction, um, education, not just about, you know, uh, you know, who's a good speaker. It's about, you know, what does the industry want? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, in all of the 10 years that I've been going, this year is the first time that it's happened that that we have been um, consulted with as to about you know where the content should go. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I've met some new people. Um, you know, it's all all about networking, and and I think it's going to go from strength to strength. And um, you know, now there's another part of the. Um, I'm sure this is public knowledge, uh, Liam, about the MSK. Mm-hmm. Um, 
section of it, which you know, is going to be another three or four hundred health professionals in in the uh, sort of uh, halls as well. So uh, again, it's all about networking. So I'm really looking forward to it. Fantastic. Yeah. Fiona, have you had a chance to look for the programme or you, anything in particular, as well as obviously you're, you're opening the show for the STA Theatre on the Wednesday morning. I'm really excited. It was your suggestion, wasn't it, doing a, I don't know if you know about it, Liam, you might do, I've talked to Shane about it, but yeah. it was Fiona who kind of said, rather than a presentation, how, how about if we do kind of like one of those round table chats, a bit like they've done on TV with directors and actors, and it's going to be talk, talking about women in sports therapy. But I thought it was a beautiful idea. And Fiona, I can confirm now, I'm not sure if I told you before, but we have got four headphones, four speakers, and it's going to be you and Debs and two other people. One will be Anna Maria. The other person I'm still um, sorting out, but nearly close to saying who it is. But um, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think it'd be quite a good way of getting the message across, won't it? Yeah, it's, um, it's what I think we've found through the WIST podcast is that having more voices, you know, not an overcrowded kind of room, but having a few people kind of bounce ideas and conversation off um, really helps add a dynamic. Um, yeah, I love it too, Becky. Yeah, it is a good idea. Um, idea. <laughs> and I think that we can bring the audience, you know, the people who are showing up, the opportunity to add to that conversation. It's very, I mean, it's very one-sided, you know, in a podcast kind of scenario. Um, and we know that there are some fantastic speakers out there, you know. I mean, I can't wait. I don't think, I'm trying to remember, I met Anna Maria last year, but we haven't really had a lot of time to talk. Um, you know, I've just had a little communication with her. And it looks like I might be over at her kind of um stage for a, a, a section in the afternoon as well so just I mean if anybody out there has got a theme that they want to hear me present on I'll be happy to hear ideas because I'm just trying to formulate that subject but yeah like it's really good to get the input from obviously mm. you guys out there who are going to be showing up and trying to get your money's worth. I think you're going to set a precedent I think it's you wait I mean Liam's here now so Liam can hear it but I think next mm. year I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few more little round tables that people can sit in a big yeah. theatre. It obviously all started at One Chat Live International Running Conference where I had all 10 speakers just doing a, a chat, a question and answer on the stage. And people, and that was amazing, just hearing these people talk to each other. And it's like, yeah, a lovely, lovely way of doing it. But, um, yeah, really excited about that, Fiona. It's going to be great stuff. Um, so price-wise, Liam, still competitive? Is it difficult to keep the price as low as it is? I think there's always, yeah, it's always it's always tricky, um, especially you know in the last couple of months. I think you know all businesses, you know, are going to start, you know, depending on what happens in the next week or so. We've got a new prime minister, and they, you know, hopefully going to be some help with um, things like energy bills. But yeah, the, I mean, places like the NEC, there aren't. It's it's strange because you wouldn't think it, but there's very few places overall in the country you could probably name them on one hand that are big enough to actually have that many thousand people in a venue so they are you know it's sort of like a monopoly in a way <laughs> i mean i probably shouldn't say that but um so it is tricky but yeah this year it's uh 109 pounds until the 30th of september but i think i mean i think i'm right in saying that the sta members do get a 20 percent discount um as well which <laughs> Uh, so yeah, to... what we'll have to do now, Liam, because this goes out to the wider industry, we'll have to change that code. That code. 
it was everybody will be coming STA member now. Uh, but yeah, well, I'll, that... Mary, I'll probably get shot for that in the morning, then, won't I? <laughs> yeah, probably no one be watching a... from uh, from my employers. Yeah, there is a there is a discount code which Jake put in the in the members group, and it is on That's on cool. our uh, members portal as well. But yeah, um, we'll gloss over what it is. But yeah, we we do get a favourable price. J- join the STA. There you go. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's no I, need I, to I join now, well. Liam. No, no need. So no, I was going to say, there's no need to join. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you. I mean, I appreciate that a lot of the time, especially in our industry, it's tricky where to spend the money but i think it's more where to spend the money rather than not having the money i think therapists understand that to keep themselves up to date they're gonna have to spend some money it's one of the expenses of having a business and when you break it down to maybe three four depending what you charge in some cases maybe two depending what part of the country in it's pretty much a no-brainer when you've got two days i'm not just saying this because you're on the show but the amount of content you can pick and choose from a network um, and the quality of the event and, and and also it's in Birmingham which is a pretty nice central place to get to for a hundred Birmingham's quid, a great place it's well Birmingham's a great place <laughs> <laughs> yeah no very exciting um okay yeah and like you mentioned Liam, we have got the STA theatre so I'll be giving details of the speakers out for that later on I've already said um Fiona and Debs and guests will be opening that up and um, I'll be putting that on social media as well later on so yeah, um, anything else about Therapy Expo, Gary? You want to mention or talk about, or questions for Liam here? Yeah, I think one of the one thing that I want to mention is that uh, that uh, Fiona mentioned about the roundtable panel discussions. There are some of those taking place at, at Therapy Expo. That was one of the mm. things that was raised in the in the advisory board. But you know, for me, and we discussed this last year. Not only does it give you the opportunity to go and listen to people who's opinions and biases match your own i encourage people to go and listen to people and have their own biases challenged listen to people who you wouldn't normally listen to listen to what they're saying you know reflect on it they they might have a nugget of information in there and and you can't do that at any other place other than therapy expo where you've got you know a lot of msk content you've got a lot of physio content a lot of sports therapy a lot of soft tissue and, and we are collaborating with anna maria on the on the sort of soft tissue side as well and i'll be i'll be speaking you know along with anna maria there um so yeah i'm really looking forward to it but yeah challenge yourselves everybody that's a really great point before i, I will bring mm. up your question soon Lindsay. but yeah it's so true and it reminds me the event advised me it reminds me of the your ethos gary that you've kind of fed down to the sta People ask you sometimes, why are you advertising this course when I've heard from somebody from the STA that this might not be that recommended? And you've always come back with, we give you the choice. We're not telling you what to go to. It's about giving choice and stuff. But Liam, how do you go about, do you purposely try and make sure that there's kind of in- inclusivity for all different types of healthcare? And do you have any guidelines where you say, I'm sorry, guys, but no way, we're not, we're not letting you step through the door. I think, it's just too out there. I think the key is just trying to... Um... You know, obviously, a lot of people speak on podcasts and have done online stuff, so you can sort of hear people speak. I mean, one of the key things is what are they like as speakers and as communicators, because that's you know obviously key. Um, and it's getting recommendations, so that's where the advisory board have have obviously come in, people they'd recommend, and then it's just having a a chat with all the speakers and um, you know as many of them as possible, just to see you know what you know what they're like, what they're about, and and take it from there really so I think for me you know as I've you know I said this last year as well you know I'm not an expert and I'm not by background 
you know, part of this, you know, part of this industry. So I'm very reliant on just talking to as many people as I possibly can and just, you know, really sort of testing out what's going on, looking at the feedback, um, you know, and just trying to make it as, um, yeah, as well-rounded and as inclusive as possible, really. Um, I guess the big thing from last year, and this is what, you know, Gary and I and others have talked about is, I think, you know, people want it to be obviously as practical as possible. So we try to make sure that, um, you know, that's there in a lot of the sessions and with the hands on hub and also in terms of, we try to make sure there's a really key, clear takeaway from each session as well. Um, and I think also just on top of that, it's just sort of trying to make sure that, um, yeah, we're covering all the bases, really. We're just making sure that there's plenty of representation. and We've got lots of different speakers from different backgrounds and um, people that maybe aren't always on conference programs, you know, new people that we've never had before or don't often appear on lots of things. So, we've, yeah, I think we've got a few... Um, a few, you know, a few gems really, and some really good, interesting speakers um, that you know people like Gary and others have helped us put together. So exciting, Lindsay here. Lindsay Penn has asked, and it's a great question to fit in now. Lindsay Penn, I'll just bring this up on the screen. Um, Lindsay Penn says, "Do tickets have to be pre-booked, or can we purchase on the gate?" Um, you can get them on the day. However, I definitely recommend price does change, so there is an on the day price. So you get it much cheaper by um, pre-booking, and there is a deadline on the thirtieth of September. So I, and it's uh, £109 before the 30th of September. I can't remember what it goes up to from the 1st of October, but it is a little bit more. So it's definitely worth um, pre-booking. Great question. Very important. And I'm just checking because I get a bit confused. I remember once upon a time, I don't think it happens anymore, that you had to also select which presentations you wanted to go and see to make sure you get a place. But now it's just yeah, you don't, Q. Don't do yeah, that you, you should be. Yeah, it should be actually fine. If there are any choice on the day as well, but we do make... Um, slides and audio available usually a few I think it's two weeks two to three weeks afterwards so if there's anything you know if you've got you know difficult decision to make you know, either theatre A theatre C you know at the same time you know pick the one you want and you will still be able to obviously access um, the slides and everything afterwards if, if if possible you know where people have given us permission and most people obviously do. Brilliant. People in the house, I know quite a few people who have joined us live. You were there last year. So if you've got any feedback or questions for Liam, do if either just make sure you type them down there. I don't I don't think I didn't get a feedback last year that anyone was seriously missing out on something because there was always something around the corner big. And like you say, often I mean sometimes it's nicer sitting down with someone who's seen another presentation, having a coffee and a chat with them because you're yeah. hearing about it and you're getting someone's impression about it. So I think that's the yeah. benefit of the event overall, isn't it? You can, you know, there's all the learning, but sometimes the, you know, the best bit is having the drink at the end of the day or whatever as Definitely. well, especially especially after the pandemic. You know, you haven't seen anyone for two years. I think people love that last time. Um, yeah. So we'll this year as well. Liam, one of the things that came out of the advisory group discussions was yeah. about the, um, if you like, the, the perceived level of some of the talks and and, yeah. and let's hypothesize you've got a, a you know somebody who's entering the industry as a level three um sports massage therapist going along to a session and the take-home point might be totally missed because the whole of the presentation has been above their sort of pay grade yeah. um what have you done to ensure that there is a, a session appropriate to everybody who's going and how is that communicated uh, through the marketing that is a very good question. You've reminded me of something that I needed to mention, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, we are asking all speakers to sort of try and make it clear what level 
their talk is pitched out. And that's we're still doing that at the minute. And people are sort of supplying us with that information. What we're then doing is just going through the schedule just to make sure that we are you know, really well covered and that people have got options for all times of the day. So we might have to potentially tweak some of the timings. But, um, yeah, we should be well covered. So as well as making sure there's a key takeaway from every session, we've also got some key themes that you'll be able to follow around. So things like women's health, for instance, or, uh, you know, older people. Um, and then there's also the level of the talk as well. And that's something we're collecting that information. So that's, again, something that was raised um, in feedback last year and by the advisory board that we're acting on and trying to sort of implement. Brilliant, Lindsay Pence. It's exactly what I was going to ask. Thanks, Gary. Fantastic. Great. Um, Fiona, dry needling. Yay or nay? All depends. Oh, this <laughs> is a really interesting <laughs> it's a really interesting question to ask me because I'm a I think I've I've had a very positive experience using Chinese medical acupuncture in Taiwan from like a traditional Chinese medical practitioner I've never had acupuncture or dry needling needling in the UK um and I'm aware of all of the controversies around durations of like training and things the only person i've ever taken dry needling, dry needling treatment from has probably trained for the entirety of their adult life to do it um and is it's like an ongoing thing you know you, you never stop being a student if you're a chinese medical practitioner out in taiwan so i i don't know whether i don't know i think it's it's as a therapy it's very effective at treating pain I've had first-hand experience of that, but um, I don't know whether it's necessary in the, the, the settings that we provide it as, you know, therapy practitioners. It, it Often it depends on the client, doesn't it? So is that a broad enough answer? Fantastic answer. Yeah, I just like hearing I your one word. That's fine. You mentioned training. That's something, Gary, you've got quite passionate about, aren't you? Um, and you think maybe that's the crux of the problem when we do. We're kind of introducing here, it's a segue into the whole Ellen White story. That showed up quite nicely. And mm. um, for those of you who aren't aware of that, then we've got top, I think, top goal scoring England player who revealed in August or something that um, she her lung was punctured when she went. Well, she had actually Man United, isn't it? Massive? Man United bought yeah, it, uh, external physio. Um, um, who, I'm not sure if they've actually revealed what training that person did. But yeah, she ended up with her lung punctured and that led to all sorts of problems and she's retired early. So it's cast a, uh, a shadow over acupuncture and dry needling, which obviously people have jumped on, very polarised. But your point, which you make, Gary, is, is about training, isn't it? Yeah, so I'll just clarify that the CSP, I believe, have issued a statement to say that it wasn't a a CSP or the AACP, which is the Acupuncture Association for Chartered Physios, it wasn't one of their members. So, you know, we speculate of who it was or what treatment was provided. But, you know, what I would say, and, and I say this regularly to people who ring me up and say, oh, I've seen an online course. Um, what do you think? Will that satisfy CPD requirements? And I say, what you have to look at is, <clears throat> excuse me, imagine the worst case scenario that you are applying a needle to your client and, and they suffer a, a punctured lung. Imagine yourself in, in, in the dock in a court of law in front of the legal profession 
asking you to justify your treatment modality, your clinical reasoning, your justification, um, your choice of the length of needle, the direction of, of um, application of that needle. You know, if you've only done, you know, an online course where you can see what we're looking at now in effect, you know, everybody who's watching this podcast, we can see a five inch square of somebody um, leading this, this podcast. Um, now, if you're happy to go and um, study like that, I'm not going to stop you. But I would, what I would say is, would you go and have a treatment from a person who'd done that online training course? And there are, you know, you, you have, you don't have to look very far on, on, um, on the internet to find online courses that are, you know, in you know, duration less than two days, certificates of attendance issued to people who are not English speakers who have attended and didn't really comprehend what was going on for most of the day, getting a certificate of attendance or completion, people who have to leave early on Sunday because they're trained, the only train that they can get leaves at two o'clock, so they miss 25% potentially of the training. Um, and are they getting this, this certificate of, uh, of, of attendance or completion? So my general advice for people who are looking for this type of training is to speak to your professional association see if they've got any recommendations uh, of appropriately qualified training providers have a look at the content of the course i've got a, a comprehensive content which i'm willing to share with people of what a course should look like you know but generally speaking they're saying that you have to be a level four um massage, uh, massage therapist sports massage therapist practitioner with two years clinical experience yet i know there are training providers out there who will accept somebody who's only just trained at level three, which I think is, uh, you know, not ethical. Um, but, you know, would you go and see a person who'd done a, 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 a non-comprehensive training program? Uh, and I certainly wouldn't. I like having needles, you know, applied to me because I find it very, very beneficial. And, and my practitioner has done, been doing that for, for several years and is appropriately trained by a company that no longer exists but was part of the AACP um, so you know then you've got to look at the the qualification accreditation you know if it's accredited by a professional association what relevance does that have you know because I could accredit a course but I'm not I'm not occupationally competent at administering needling application so my accreditation would mean nothing so we're looking at a course make sure it has pre-course reading it has a minimum uh, training and I'm not going to say what that training should be. That's down to the training providers. But but I would be looking to follow something like Chris Norris's, Dr. Chris Norris's um, content, you know, over over five or six days rather than, you know, a two-day course. I'd be looking at something that has case studies. I'd be some, looking at something that has an, an assessment occupational competency by somebody in the same room who's appropriately trained to degree level, um, you know, not necessarily somebody who's done a, you know, weekend course and then starts to deliver their own courses. Um, so there are lots and lots of things to consider, but it all comes back to, would you go and see the person who's done a short course? And if you wouldn't go and see that person, don't book onto it. Mm. There we go. Kind of makes sense when you think about it. And that's probably the biggest thing to come, that should come out of this debate that's been going on rather than trying to go down the route of defending acupuncture and defending dry needling there's no quality evidence for it full stop okay i think that's worth saying 
because there isn't. And the evidence that does support it is normally from China or Russia, where guess what? Every single study they do on it shows a positive result. That doesn't happen. Okay, there's always bad results if you're doing research properly because it just balances itself out depending. So you can't defend it saying there's evidence for it, but that doesn't mean absence of evidence doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just so it's still worth having the debate. And anecdotal evidence is an important part of evidence as well. Gary said it works for him. Fiona said she has some good um uh, I've I've had it from my sister-in-law and it and it felt great for a day. Okay, now if that's all you want to get through for the day, then that's wonderful. But I got frustrated because I was back to square one within a few days. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to pay for more of that. But that was just my personal experience. So I think it's not worth people out there arguing and getting all hot-headed about whether there's evidence or not, because there's not. Okay, there's not at the moment. Um, but that's not an important point. The most important point is if you're going to do it go with something which is competent training wise and they're going to make it safe and they're going to you know i think that's what basically you're saying is matt, matt it's worth saying that in that article that you've linked there mm. ellen mentions during acupuncture mm. you know, we we don't know whether that's you know the the yeah. journalist license you know mm. to say acupuncture but, but generally, we shouldn't be using the term acupuncture because we haven't got a degree in it. We mm. should be using the terms dry needling mm. or medical acupuncture. They're the two sort of definitive streams. Now, I'm not an expert. I'm not occupationally competent. But my understanding is that, that dry needling is based on sort of trigger point applications where medical acupuncture is based on the use of meridians, which moves more towards the Eastern philosophies. Um, so we don't know whether she she as you mentioned at the start whether she um, had a, an appropriate treatment by a, a, a regulated professional or a, a non-regulated professional there's a lot of hypothesis and guesswork in that so you know to me it's uh, you know it is important that us as therapists remain professional and we view our cbd as professionals and we take the appropriate we do our due diligence basically to make sure you know, we're paying for something that, that assesses us to be occupationally competent. And insurance companies, and I'll use an example, in Ireland, you're not going to get a, um, an insurance policy for, for dry needling for under several hundred euros because of the prevalence of claims that are happening over there. Now, to me, that's the underwriters getting a bit twitchy and saying, you know, the you know you're not trained well enough and if you could stand up in a court of law and justify your two days training gives you that right um then i i honestly couldn't hmm. i don't think anyone should that kind of helps to end the argument as well doesn't it who's going to defend that but um chris noise is at therapy expert I'm, I'm, yes i'm sure he I'm is quite, yeah he's what day it is but he's dead yeah, uh day one in theater yeah. Eh? yeah he's got two sessions one on um core stability and another on clinical reasoning Fantastic. So, um, and I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a couple of other expert speakers there talking about dry needling. Um, so yeah. it's all there for you to listen to. Yeah. Um, there was this this same debate just because it was I think it was today or yesterday. It's the same kind of thing that goes round and round about um, somebody was asking in one of the social in one of the groups about pregnancy in first trimester. It was like, help, my client wants a massage today and she's just been tested mm. positive. Fiona, that's kind of, I don't want to label you just down to women's bits, but that's kind of something you specialize in with the women's sports therapy. But can we put to bed this idea that women in the first trimester shouldn't have massage or not? You know what? That's a really good, <laughs> really good question that I'm hoping we can put to Jenny Burrell. She comes on our podcast, uh, the WISP podcast, I think, is she episode 
two maybe so uh that should be going out um we we have yet to uh record it but it should be released mm. around october i think uh the end Fantastic. of october the last monday in october um yeah really Jenny's going to be speaking after you as well she's on after you on wednesday in the sta theater i so. can't wait for you me. personally don't sit on the fence Fiona. come on you're a doctor well, give me the answer yes i think no? <laughs> i like obviously none of my opinion could be based on evidence because i simply haven't read on this area at all i've never had a client come in who's been in their first trimester or even pregnant um and there's definitely wariness um i think that my feeling like i mean my action would be to literally go and look at research if there's any systematic literature reviews any publications by health authority or uh, you know nice guidelines um the first trimester from what i understand is a bit of a delicate one you know so even if it's not the actual treatment itself but maybe a secondary factor like stress from it you know the experience of trying maybe especially a first treatment um you know i think there's so many variables that could influence it um that it, it may be something that i would want a gp to clear uh well definitely want a gp to clear but like i haven't had training in prenatal massage so i wouldn't do, i wouldn't do it unless i had training personally that's my opinion i want a gp to approve there you go. So, you're, so, you're very good. I love the way you, how many times you said my opinion. It's very good. <laughs> That's how it should always be. Um, I mean, the evidence, as far as I know, and because I just like, as soon as I see an argument on social media, I'm there just looking and trying to work out. As far as I know, there's no evidence because the common idea is that the biggest thing is it's going to cause a miscarriage because of the increase in yeah. blood flow. Take away the blood flow because we know that massage doesn't affect blood flow because it can't. Because if you want to increase your blood flow, you need to increase metabolism. So you can't calm someone down and speed up someone's metabolism at the same time. It doesn't work. So if you take out that blood flow myth, then and there's also no evidence that blood increased blood flow increases the chance of of a miscarriage. But as I was reading and trying to challenge my biases, I was hearing something, Gary, that I wanted to check with you. Apparently, some insurance companies will still not ensure you if you are giving a massage to somebody in the first trimester and that's where some of the worries come from have you come across that at all yeah yeah i think it's again underwriters being twitchy but if you mm. uh, i'm pretty sure that anna maria mazzieri has done some work on this either as the massage collective or massage mm. matters i'm sure they've covered this but you know in a lot of courses contraindications are taught um so that it sort of makes the provision of massage easier so if you don't you're not allowed to do cancer patients you're not allowed to do uh, first trimester pregnant ladies you know they're cutting out any sort of return to, to them as a training provider so i think they're being extremely mm. cautious um i'm not aware of, of any evidence um but i again i'm i'm not an expert of um of, of treating you know ladies who are pregnant um, my my wife is pregnant at the minute and she wanted to get a massage in the first trimester and she was advised, I think, by the midwife not to. Uh, didn't give a reasoning for it. But today we had a meeting where they were saying that, they, you know, you're meant to sleep on your side rather than on your back because, and if you don't do that, it can there can be an issue with blood flow or something because of the, the way the uterus is shifted or something because of, I can't remember the exact thing, but they were like, don't get straight up if you've been lying on your back, go on your side first. And 
um all sorts of things like that um yeah there's, there's vascular vascular related things that may not be local to where the treatment's being delivered and i think that's probably where the crux of the issue is is clarity on you yeah. know what are we talking about when we're talking about blood flow because the whole body has a a very complex circulatory system and and that there are like um you know uh, in the abdomen there's you know major structures there that that mm. provide blood to you know the baby and compression and even just ch turning over and positioning when lying is yeah like a massive factor that could influence um, i like to think i've got faith in the human body it's pretty <laughs> much designed to survive that if a woman was lying on her side rather than thinking no i'm comfortable i'm going to stay here and something terrible happened she'd turn over mm. you know you don't <laughs> You don't, I don't know there's many cases of women who forgot to turn over and something terrible happened because I don't know I've had a few you know? dead arms uh overnight you yeah know, but you so. don't wake up after eight <laughs> hours and like you know necrosis is saying it's like you're gonna adjust your body eventually you move that's why I don't know yeah but it's tricky I, I think and the other thing is you're gone there Gary I was going to say if we look at the human body it's quite a robust machine isn't it um you know my ex-wife who was a fitness instructor taught classes ran long distances whilst pregnant you know so so my i suppose if, if i had a gut feeling it would be along the lines of just because you're pregnant is not an illness and if you carry on doing the things that you're doing i don't foresee a problem but you know if you if you become pregnant and then decide to run a marathon that might be a different matter if you're not already doing it in the same line if you don't have a regular massage and you fall pregnant and then you want a regular massage to ease the lower back pain or, or the, the stress related um, aspects of it, then that would might not be a good idea unless you're used to having them. So it's continue what you're doing. Um, and you see more and more, you know, I'm, I'm getting members who are telling me that, oh yeah, I'm going on maternity leave at the end of October, baby's due in December, but I've worked all the way through and I hope to get back to work in March. So there's a lot of people who are, you know, carrying on as normal and not treating it as an illness. It's just a condition. Yeah. Serena Williams won the Australian Open when she was six months pregnant, didn't she? A few years back. Of, I mean, I've seen someone's waters break during a step class. And, uh, one of the instructors where Jim I worked at, literally from that step class, she went to have a baby. She was working up to the time wow. the waters broke. It was like, now this yeah. might be an equals one, but I just worry about like, congratulations, by the way, Liam. Oh, thank you very much. Well, not well done. You didn't play much of a part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had a heart as well. Yeah. But, um, did did she have interest? Did she take that advice and now will not have a massage, even though she feels that it might be nice, or is she getting a second opinion? Or what's so she she's out of the first trimester and she's getting a massage oh, there okay. in the second right. one. But yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Didn't have one in the first trimester. Because that's what worries me a little bit as well. Is that might be exactly what we know can affect health is stress intention and for many women um it can be an extreme time of tension and stress especially the other half's not chipping in much so maybe and we know massage can bring down stress and anxiety it's the one thing which has been proven so maybe that massage could have a fantastic effect and be yeah. beneficial in terms of health following the evidence but i suppose it's all individual isn't it all individual Matt, if we... sorry if you only go ahead i was only going to say just maybe i mean like liability wise, there are so many factors that you can't control. And unfortunately, I think, you know, we, we talk about miscarriage, but like, 
you know, very early stage miscarriage. A lot of people might consider that to be a, a low trauma type thing to happen, you know. Um, but there are so many variables that we can't control as therapists. And, you know, it is quite common. Like it's more common than people t- talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very personal thing. And I think that maybe there's a possibility, if there's a possibility that that could come back and and be blamed on a treatment of some sorts, which is perceived to be sometimes painful. You know, sports massage is notoriously um, kind of renowned for being uh, enabling uh, pain management strategies by increasing other sensory input. And, you know, it, it just it risks could be managed maybe. I think that reinforces, Fiona, that point reinforces the insurance underwriters getting twitchy about it. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be putting the position where they're going to have a claim put against them because of the um, the decision to either treat or not treat um, by the sometimes relatively inexperienced uh, massage therapist. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, there's a couple of comments here from people who've joined us live thank you let's just bring a couple of these up wow the time's going very quickly tonight um Catherine Ryan has said I've massaged two friends who were two weeks pregnant they didn't know they were pregnant neither did I they told it might be weird if you knew they were pregnant and they didn't how that works but anyway they told me a few days after it would be hard to know or check if they don't know yeah true um and then Claire Hunter says also, low leg areas can potentially be an issue to massage on pregnant ladies, which relates to full knowledge of acupuncture and channels of the body. Mm. Could you expand on channels? No, we haven't got time. What you mean by channels? That's okay. Another day we'll save that for. Um, uh, well, yeah. Matt, that, that's more of a, I think that's more of a reference to um, if I have a treatment, for example, I might have a needle applied in, in my bladder channel or bladder 23. Right. Uh, or, okay. or I've just made that up. It may not, not, not exist, but Claire, who applies my, uh, acupuncture to me, will, yeah, yeah. will correct me on that if I'm wrong. Well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? We haven't got time to get into the whole um, channel thing and meridians and stuff, but it's it's interesting. But again, if you've had your training, you know what to look out for. Um, there we go. So, uh, Marco um, Mendoncha or Mendonca has said the issue, the issue, the issue, the issue could be that even related or not, the person having the miscarriage will think it was a massage treatment involved on yeah. the situation. Unfortunately, it's true. Yeah, you know it's true. Um, but that's about the conversation, isn't it? Um, having yeah, it with until we've got person. more evidence, like yeah, to show that it's not related, it's very hard to defend it. So, and I think that, that's around, that should, okay. what's that? Sorry, it shouldn't be that you have to defend it until no. the evidence is there. It's like saying you're guilty till innocent. Yeah. It's, anyway, but I think yeah. that, you know, again, I'll go back to my point about the insurance companies getting twitchy. You know, we, we live in such a litigious society now where there's a solicitor for every blame, you know, whether you've had a road accident. Or, you know, if you have a miscarriage and you say, well, the only thing I did differently was have a massage you know 99 times out of 100 that solicitor will say well massage caused it we'll pursue this claim for you so hi marco hope you're well anyway anyway yeah lots of food for thought that's great um interesting okay well look it's already 8 55 um we got i didn't think you guys were gonna be hanging around for full hour 
must be about the great content and conversation between us. Um, I just want to quickly remind people, um, I'm going to bring this up and let's get rid of Ellen for the moment. Uh, thanks for providing the conversation, Ellen. I hope you will. Um, we'll get rid of that. Let's just bring up, um, I'm going to put this on full screen so people can see because we have been talking about, third, oh no, not that. We're going to uh, just briefly let you know so it's on video um, what's happening at Therapy Expo and as uh, with regards to the STA Theatre. Uh, let me just put it on the right order before I bring it up. So as you know, it's over two days. Let's put this up now. So obviously there's lots more going on. It's not all just about the STA, um, but in the STA Theatre, as for last year, uh, on the Wednesday, we will be opening up with Deborah Thurlow Rowley, the other half of the Women in Sports Therapy podcast, also known as WIST, with our Dr. Fiona Higgs here as well. It's going to be a roundtable debate with a couple of guests, including Anna Marie Mazzieri. It's going to be a really lovely way to start the day, and I think it'll set the scene for the rest of the two days as well. That's going to be followed. We've already mentioned Jenny Bowell. Um, are talking about Beyond Pregnancy Massage. So all the things we're talking about, we have covered in the STA Theatre at Therapy Expo. This is on the 23rd of November. If you listen to the podcast, I'm reading it out for you. If you're watching the video, it's all here for you. Um, we have got um, James Earls, uh, who's also been on the podcast, talking about understanding the human foot, um, which has been some uh, speaker which uh, was has some heavy demand for. Male Pelvic Health, uh, Red Flags, with Bill Taylor, who's been a guest. So we are not forgetting about the men, and um, we would have had a morning of looking at um, pregnancy and women's sports therapy, but we've got male pelvic health um, at 1.45. Uh, Claire Minchell with critical differences between strength and power. We'll be doing that at 3.15. And then never too old to lift uh, with Chris Tiley, which was hugely popular last year. So even on day one, we're pretty much covering birth to death. OK, that's the way it's working. It wasn't my intention, <laughs> but that's the way it's kind of worked out. And maybe that was done um, subconsciously. But we're covering everything you, uh, happens between birth and death. Um, and that's just day one. On day two, just so we got a nice reference for this, uh, for people who do want to go to YouTube and watch the video. Um, let me just bring this up. Thursday. Right. So Thursday, we start at nine o'clock with Paul Coker, um, previously of Rock Tape. Um, and now at Movewell uh, Clinic in Cornwell, Cornwall, he's going to be coming in and co-presenting with Anna Maria Mazzieri. And um, they'll be doing massage and manual therapy and modern view. So a lovely way to start off um, Thursday um, talking about, OK, we want to make sure that what we're doing is current, as evidence informed as possible. So where are we in 2022? That'll be followed with Liz Bailey talking about the dancer's foot, dance specific. That's been amazing. I'm so glad we got Liz Bailey on the uh, in the STA theatre. At 11.30, we got Understanding Your Client's Behaviour Change with Dr. Gary Mendoza. One of my favourite episodes of the podcast from last year. I think it's so important understanding where your client is to make a behavioural change, whether it's regarding strength or diet, whatever it is. Um, understanding that with motivational interviewing is so important. Otherwise, you're just giving them instructions, recommendations, which they may go home and never do. So he'll be on. Return to running postnatal with Emma Brockwell, again, guest on the podcast. Um, uh, she will be with us at two o'clock. So specific for uh, women returning to running um, after pregnancy. Well, it's going to be a great 40 minutes as well. And then we finish off with sports therapy and mental health with James Chapman, um, mental health first aider from All About the Mind, which again has some great feedback about looking after yourself as a therapist with regards to mental health and also having an idea of what your clients could potentially be going through and looking out for red flags or where you could direct them on um, rather than just perpetuating their cycle of discontent and misdiagnosis, being playing a bigger part in that health um, provision kind of cycle of different people. So 
I mean, looking through that myself, I know I'm biased, but it looks like a absolutely, I don't want to swear, but a freaking great, um, it's freaking a swear word, I don't know, might have figured that out. Uh, fantastic two days. And that's just the STA theatre. I mean, I hope you do look at outside of that and consider the other speakers, but you know, you wouldn't go far wrong just sticking with us for the two days, but it's up to you, it's your choice. It's pretty exciting to hear that, don't you think, Fiona? Gary, I'll come to you, Liam, at the end, because I know there's other speakers, but pretty proud of what we put together then, no? Lineup looks amazing. Don't adjust. I think so. I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is a lot more. I mean, you've got that. I mean, that is worth £200 alone. But you've got a lot more of other speakers um, who will be addressing the... How many other stages are there? How many other theatres are there? Um, there are another... I think another six. On top <laughs> That's of crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, we've Nine got more choice than ever before, and we've <laughs> we we're packing in more speakers, especially because we're doing different session formats as well, like panels and other things. So I think we've got about you know thirty, forty percent more speakers than last year. Oh gosh, um, it's going to be so good. So the, yeah, there's loads going on. There really is sort of something for everyone and something every time of day. And um, yeah, and if it's anything like last year, fantastic areas to get refreshments, sit down, converse, chat, network, loads of stands, um, loads of interesting things to do. Great couple of days out. So it sounds like I should go and work in your marketing team, but I don't mean it to come across like that. I just get really excited by it because I think it's really good. Um, anyway, well, look, it's nine o'clock. Um, that went by so quickly. How are you going to finish Matt, this? can I, can I yeah. just finish with a few things, please? Yes, of course. Um, just remind STA members that tomorrow evening, um, Wednesday the 7th at, I believe, 7.30, Scott and I will be holding our monthly coffee evening chat where we can discuss with new members, uh, ex more experienced therapists, anything they want to know about the industry, whether that be marketing business, whether that be uh, case studies, etc. So you can join us by clicking the link in the, in the STA members Facebook group. Um, what you know Fiona and I spoke earlier and I, I said I was having a meeting with an industry colleague who, who Fiona knows I'm not going to say the name at this point but you know the feedback that I received about what we're doing at the STA you know to the wider industry there's a lot of respect for you know the content that we're putting out there was there was special mention of the really important topics that Fiona and Debs have been covering and and how the the women in sports therapy podcast has become a, a really informative place for women's health related and women in sports therapy related issues but also you know i want to say on on record matt that you know this this web chat from our, you know from the initial ideas that that we had has grown into something that's you know it's like a juggernaut now um you know we've got we get people asking to come on so you know for the record i'm extremely proud of the whole of the sta team um for the for the content they're putting out there for the effort they're putting in you know so that's scott uh debs jake fiona and matt thank you very much for your efforts it's uh, it's an honor to be involved with you all led from the top gary that's what we do. We'd be nothing without our leader. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Just... Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, Gary. Like, uh, well, you, you're welcome. What What I'd like to say to people who've been asking me this question for, you know, for the past few weeks is, um, we are going to be discussing, and I'm going to be having a chat with with Matt about this in the coming weeks. We are going to be discussing in the in one of the next upcoming STA updates, the whole confusion around 
qualifications, one day diplomas, their worth in the in the industry, about course levels, about occupational competencies. So I wanted to do it sooner than, than we have done, but I'm doing so much research in the background and collating all of the information. But yes, we, we are still on it. Great. Yeah. And as always, we'll keep you updated with all of these things in the pipeline. There is so much. It's lovely to have people and we do take all emails seriously. If you are somebody who's saying, oh, we want to see this and can we come on the show and stuff. Um, it's just, um, yeah, there's so much content out there. We'd love to share with you also. Um, Liam, thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you very much for having me. And like, brilliant to work with um, the SA again this year on the on the theatre and brilliant to be on the podcast again as well. So thanks for having me. We're really excited. I mean, it's again there's a lot of conventions around and stuff and but therapy expo just by having the advisory panel and and you obviously listening so much to recommendations and looking around and giving the people what they actually want um yeah it fills me with confidence it's good so thank you for doing all of that right then gang so that's it um that was that's really nice that so that's gonna be the first of every month have your say so if you've listened to the podcast and you like the idea of um, having your say and asking some questions and commenting on something and having a chance to talk about industry related topics then just put the first of tuesday of the month in your diary go and do it now just say oh eight o'clock youtube and you're welcome to come along and and we'll always have people here who can hopefully answer your questions or if not we'll direct you to the right person um next week we will start off um bringing um as guests some of the people who are going to be appearing at therapy expo to give you a little uh, teaser of what they'll be talking about what they've been up to and what they're looking forward to so it's kind of full steam ahead now until we get to um november 23rd and 24th um so looking forward to that i'm not sure who is going to be here next week i know the week after we've got anna maria and uh Mazzieri and paul coker and talking about how they're going to be involved in therapy expo um, but yeah, if you want to um, find out who's going to be on, then just make sure that you are following UK underscore STA um, on Twitter or Instagram for updates. And as always, if you're ever interested in joining the STA for maybe that fantastic 20% discount, which will be changed, um, then uh, <laughs> then just go along to www.thesta.co.uk and all the information you can need is there. It's shockingly low. Um, because we're just all about raising standards and part of that is not making money out of you. It's about just uh, making enough money to provide you with a great service. Um, so all the information you can need about joining us is there. Bueno, that's it. We're finished. Thanks again, Liam, Gary, Thank you very much. Dr. Fiona Higgs. And uh, we'll hopefully see some of you live uh, next Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.